Hey, Rose Room listeners, this is Lily. Before we begin, we wanted to take a moment to remind all Lamont students about the upcoming convocation on Friday the 18th at 2.30. We look forward to seeing you all there. Just a 10-minute light rail ride from the heart of Denver, on the fifth floor of the Lamont School of Music, there is a rose. It is 10 feet tall and wide and hewn from stone. The panes of glass set into the petals bring the glorious Rocky Mountains into view. On the other side of the glass, Lamont musicians sit down to discuss the world of music behind and beyond that window. This is The Rose Room. Hey, everybody. If you're at all confused about this strange new voice infiltrating this podcast right now, it's because I'm a new host for The Rose Room, and I'm here to introduce myself before we get into a brand new student spotlight episode. So, what's up everybody? My name is Grace Gans. I'm a fourth year double major in jazz and commercial voice and journalism, which kind of makes this podcast a perfect fit for both of my fields of study, and I'm beyond stoked to be here. I've been a writer of all types for my whole life in my academic, creative, and journalistic pursuits, but I've also been a longtime singer-songwriter. In college, I've been a part of a few bands as a singer and sometimes keyboardist, and I'm also really involved in the campus newspaper called The Clarion, where I've been the arts and life editor and now the news editor. Creatively, I've been recording my own music for the past year-ish with an amazing group of musicians who are all so dope and wonderful, and I'm really looking forward to releasing my first singles in a full project this fall. In the future, I want to keep writing and releasing music and playing in bands, but I'm also really, really passionate about news and want to eventually work at a major publication doing investigative journalism or cultural commentary. So that is me. And I'm beyond excited to be on this ride with all of you listeners. So, without further ado, let's get into the real content of today's episode. Hello to all of our listeners. I'm your host, Grace Gans, and today on The Rose Room, we are doing another student spotlight, this time featuring the wonderful Aaliyah Shambay. Aaliyah is a rising third-year student majoring in music with an emphasis in recording arts in jazz and commercial voice. She's involved in founding the R&B Ensemble, co-creating DU's Music Business Club, and is a member of the Black Student Alliance. Outside of school, she's starting a small recording studio business in Parker, Colorado, by the name of Pure Artist Music, and will soon add a recording label element to her business. But before we unpack all of that, I want to ask you how you're doing today and during this crazy pandemic. All right. Well, I'm doing pretty good today. Uh, I had a really nice vacation the past week, um, so that was that was good to get away from work for like a week. Um, but during the pandemic, the pandemic, I would say this is like such a crazy time, like especially for college students, because everything's so uncertain, and with like in-person classes and online classes and all like the hybrid stuff, it's like so confusing (laughs) and it's just like not not the best time but obviously we got to look for the positives and everything but because of all that confusion and uncertainty that's why I've decided to take fall quarter off and pursue these different entrepreneurial paths for now but I should be back to school in January but yeah the pandemic's been okay (laughs) 
it's been a little rough for everybody definitely yeah it's taken away somebody from away something from all of us for sure yeah that's true yeah definitely but lamont will definitely miss you in your absence and we'll be happy to have you back in january sounds good to start off i and our listeners want to know about you and your roots so where did you grow up and how did your musical journey begin so i was born and partially raised in denver colorado and then we moved to aurora and then we kept moving south all the way to parker colorado by the time i was about five or six years old and i just went to all the schools around there it was really good schools really great performing arts programs, really well funded. And to be honest, I think that might be a big part of why I'm able to go to music school and in the performing arts today is because of those programs. And I started in musical theater when I was in elementary school and that was my thing for the longest time that helped me spread into dance and acting and obviously singing and making music and things like that. I would say the other parts of my roots would have to be the church that I went to in Aurora, Colorado. It's Colorado Christian Fellowship and it's a gospel church and I grew up in the choir there as well as praise dancing there and that really helped to strengthen my performing arts even more so as well as my spirituality and that's a big part of who I am as well as my spirituality. And I applied to only Denver schools because I really wanted to create a record label in Denver. I thought it was the perfect spot to create one, not too much competition, but just enough, but also like a really great music buzz around the city. So I was like, if I can create a record label right in the heart of Denver, that would be a really smart move, especially because with musicians and artists and performers, a lot of times we don't know like the business aspect of our art and so that can get a lot of artists into financial trouble and I didn't want to be that way. My dad, he was just like, I want you to only apply for science engineering majors because you'll have a better (laughs) financial setting and I was like, that sounds awful (laughs) i want to do music and he's like well we better find a smart way to do that so it was just me figuring out what's the smartest way it's like business duh and trying to figure out something new with that to run with right and i know lamont has pretty minimal music business programs so that's another thing that you've been really involved in is starting this music business club. So how did that come about exactly? Yeah, I was really frustrated with a lot of things at Lamont, but that's good because then that promotes change, you know? And so there's not really a musical theater program. That was my first big thing when I was a freshman. I was like, oh, like, why isn't there this? And we should collaborate more. Why is there no collaboration between departments? This is so sad. And I was trying to hunt that down and figure that out which that's deeper than (laughs) Mm -hmm. than I could even like go through like today but hopefully the departments like start to make their amends and start to collaborate with each other but as far as the business part yeah there's only like one music business class I think and that's like more pushed towards seniors of Lamont 
And it's like, that's way too late <laughs> to mm-hmm. be trying to integrate all of those things into your education. Like after all of the, like I under, I do understand how important it is to be a skilled musician and artist and all the training and all of that. But it's also just equally as important to know how to sell yourself and those skills. And that takes some time and some skill as well, like to be a salesperson of your own art and craft so I think that part really hit harder during sophomore year instead of freshman year and Mike Schultz introduced me to Natalie Boggs who just graduated and she had been going through the same process but that's why she decided to double major in business and music which is awesome right and so she wanted to collaborate with me on trying to make a music business major in the school, which even though that wasn't exactly my priority, I wanted more of like the record label thing because I thought that was more tangible and way faster to accomplish. We joined forces and decided, oh yeah, a club because then you could also get funding for whatever you needed. And first we wanted to run the club kind of like a business, but apparently that's not uh, allowed. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> you can't do that? Yeah, we can't do that. <laughs> so <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. But we had gotten an advisor from the business school who was also super passionate about this, as well as obviously Mike Schultz, and to come together and be like, okay, so even though we can't run this as a business, what we can do is basically give students the skills and the knowledge that they're seeking from both the business school and the music school to come together in that collaboration. So collaborate through a club, which is way faster than majors or anything like that. And we would have presentations on music things and business things every week. And then we'd also go to different conferences. Obviously, that's not a thing right now because of COVID. But when COVID's not around to going to different conferences and doing a lot of networking because that's a, another huge part of music business is networking who you know and just really installing those skills into both sides because apparently a lot of people who are in the business school also really like music and want to get into music and things like that and so we just thought that was like the perfect thing to do. That's why we started that and it's all official now. We just... Well, they, because I'm not in school right now, they just got their funding for the quarter. And it should it should be a really good first year. And I think that's one of the biggest pushes in music schools right now is trying to push that idea of music tech and self-marketing and mm-hmm. self-entrepreneurship because it is such kind of like a shark culture in music where like you have to hustle and you have to figure out how to get playlisted mm-hmm. and you have to license your own music and sign up for like ASCAP or BMI to get rights to your songs and copyrights and that's something that is that also something that you guys focus on in music business working with artists yeah that's a lot of the stuff that we're focusing on and also how to set up your finances right as a musician going into this and making sure you don't get screwed because that's the other thing with the record labels like I know I said I want to start one but like I'll get to that a little later of why the one I want to start is different is record labels have a huge history of just screwing over artists just to make money off of them even though they're not really involved that much in music themselves and it just seems still like an awful business structure 
it's not very kind to the people that you make money off of, which is not very ethical. And plus, we see that it's dying anyways, which is good in the digital age. So the record label as it is, is very much so a dinosaur in today's world. (laughs) And it's not really necessary. Like we have social media, we have YouTube, we have streaming, online distribution services. So there's no real gatekeeping. It's just how do you get attention? That's the biggest thing. And with that, that's why with the label, quote unquote, that I wanted to start, it'd be a lot more focused on marketing the artists and getting them that attention as well as perhaps even helping them shape and build new skills to help them be even more marketable without taking away like their core of who they are as an artist right and making sure that they have access to the services they need but all of this stuff without making them sign a huge contract of all of their rights and everything away it's more just like a flexible label of whatever an artist or band needs that they can get and that's basically what they pay for up front instead of being like oh yeah we're gonna give you a million dollars but really that still belongs to us and then some after you spend it on like all this crap so (laughs) it's like way more like forward (laughs) way less shady that's like what I want to do yeah right so kind of like ethical music business yeah exactly yeah I think that was really wonderfully said and I don't think a lot of people realize how much work it is to really make music a career yeah I think it's very cool this business that you're trying to start with like a whole new model kind of rethinking the whole record label process thank you yeah I would say branding even before you get people listen to your music which is crazy I mean that's why I have the blue hair now because I was like (laughs) it's total marketing thing it's like oh blue hair you see it in your (laughs) eyes widen so (laughs) like little things like that yeah smart thanks (laughs) of course so you've been involved in so many different types of music over the years and you really don't limit yourself to one type of artistic pursuit from what you just said you're a singer a dancer an actress a producer Um, you've done work in musical theater in the church and so with so many experiences under your belt it can sometimes become tricky to find what you really want to do I know in my experiences having done a lot of musical theater in my past and now like none in college when I've gone to the theater in recent years and see people on stage I'm like oh my god I miss that so so much and I wish I could be up there and doing that Mm -hmm. so my question is do you favor one musical endeavor over another or do you find yourself being pulled from one passion to another a lot I say both have their weight to them I would say I definitely keep my mind and my heart open to like everything (laughs) all the time so I love classic 80s rock and I love modern rap music actually (laughs) and obviously musical theater and R&B gospel like I even started liking country recently who knew that would happen (laughs) (laughs) but I mean I guess music is music and creative is creative in that sense but then on the other hand, something that has like the most weight of like my passion would definitely have to be the late 80s, early 90s era of R&B. 
that's just like my favorite sound and I can tell because like even though I like all music pretty much like every time that comes on it's just a whole different feeling inside and it can totally relax me in a way but also make me happy it's just like that's my go-to music even though I love like all kinds of music we would like to take a moment to play a recording Elias sent to us with the R&B combo performing the song Poison. Poison, yeah, you're Spider-Man and Freeze in full effect, uh-huh. You ready, Taylor? Yeah, I'm ready. You ready, Leah? I'm ready, band. Are you? Break it down. Girl, I must warn you. I see something strange in my mind. Situation is serious. Let's cure it cause we're running out of time. It's all so beautiful. Relationships they seem from the start. Uh-huh. It's all so deadly. When love is not together from the heart. That girl is poison. Poison. Never trust a big button to smile. That girl is poison. Poison. If I were you, I'd take caution. Before I start to eat a fly girl, you know, causing some portion. Poison. 
Never trust big, big buttons, buttons mark. Poison. She's dangerous. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Y'all know. Y'all would try to COVID on these streets. And so at Lamont, you're a major in recording and production with a specialization in jazz and commercial voice. So why did you decide to do recording and production? So first I came into Lamont with jazz commercial voice, and that was like my major. However, the first night with Donna and the voice majors, she had this little gathering at the beginning, which was really, like, it was really nice, had snacks and everything. And I reconnected with Ben Powell, because we did a show a few years back, which was really cool to see him there. Mm -hmm. But he was like, listening to all of my pursuits of doing a record label and things like that since I've known I've wanted to do that since at least a junior in high school. And he was like, I think you would really vibe well with the recording program because I'd already been recording people at that time and trying all this different stuff. And I was like, I don't know, like how hard is it and things like that. And he's like, no, just talk to Mike and just let him know like what's up, like where you're at, what your goals are and all of these things. And he said, I'm sure that that's the program that you belong in. So I set up an interview with Mike Schultz and I had just little bits of things that I recorded and kind of messed around with in Logic and GarageBand with me and I told him about my goals for record label and all of this different stuff and he seemed pretty impressed with that and so then I was just kind of in that program. I obviously still stayed with jazz vocals because that's my instrument and you have to have an instrument even in the recording program and I don't know, I've just kind of been there ever since. Obviously, there was a bit of a, I don't know what you would call it, like a crisis. It's not, not a midlife crisis, but like some kind of college crisis where it's like, am I in the right major? Am I doing the right thing? I don't want to be like poor when I graduate like music because the program didn't seem as sturdy when I went through a whole quarter of it. Not the recording program, but just like Lamont. It didn't have the resources that... I knew that I needed in all these things. So that's when I was talking to different professors and different people of like, I don't know what to do. I feel so like afraid. And that's when I had this whole crazy idea of like, I'm just going to move out to New York and live with my aunt. Like, that's a great idea. (laughs) Like with nothing else set up after I was like, okay, it's not a good idea to just go to New York without anything set up or anything like that you know, what we can do is we can stay and we can try to change things. So it's better for you and better for your peers and the people that come after you. And how cool is that? So that's why I decided to keep staying in those programs, but also add the emergent digital practice at the time major, but now minor, because there's a lot of work to do double major. But that has helped me with more of the visual arts aspect and even more of the technology aspect and really getting into all that stuff. I just feel like if you learn a bunch of things, that will really help 
your career as a creative in general you have to know how to do so many things so you can even stay afloat like much less be super successful so that's like music videos graphic design website making all of these different things you have to know how to record yourself properly and produce yourself so you don't have to spend a ton of money at a studio to get your stuff done and out there like you basically have to be um an entrepreneur of your own business which is yourself so that's that's probably why I've done so many different things is just because I don't want to be homeless man <laughs> you know <laughs> it all comes down to that at the end of the day I don't want to be homeless <laughs> <laughs> exactly and that's just what you said just about making the best of the situation that you're in, that's just one of the qualities that I found so inspiring about you is that you really have tried your best to just make change and try to make it better and more modern for future students. And I think that's really awesome. Going back to that, I know, as you were saying, us vocalists and instrumentalists in the jazz and commercial music program at Lamont often make jokes about how the major shouldn't really be called jazz and commercial music because there's not a huge commercial aspect to it. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's really a program centering around jazz and becoming a jazz musician. And the few exceptions to that are, you know, the couple musicology classes that Lynn Baker teaches and now the commercial music ensemble that you really kind of got off the ground here oh, yeah. at Lamont. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the reasons we thought of you as a great student spotlight because of your efforts to really get that project going. So could you speak about a little bit of your inspiration to start this combo and the work that you've done with it. Yeah, so then at the sophomore, like, vocalist dinner introduction thing, Donna was talking about how there was an opening for another ensemble, which could kind of be whatever you want, and I looked at that as, like, the golden ticket, because vocal rep, I already stretched as much as I could out of that (laughs) by just doing as many different things as possible I was like do I have to sing jazz and they're like no you don't have to I was like okay sweet (laughs) so like singing those different things solo but I thought you know what with an a whole own ensemble of like whatever genre you could really make this huge splash and do like exactly what you want to do because the other thing about it is like okay I don't want to be homeless but I also want to have fun with the things that I'm doing like that's why I chose this major and this career path is because you want to have fun with what you're doing so I saw that as a perfect opportunity to also bring in those musical theater elements from like my past and everything which I was also part of tech theater so that probably also helped that portion of it I was like yeah you know what we gotta do we gotta have dancing we gotta have lights these different outfits like make it a real show because like Lamont I don't think has seen a real show in who knows how long certainly not since I've been there and that would also be so much fun to be a part of too and I feel like that would really get the commercial stuff going like classes and majors are really hard stuff to implement and it takes a while to implement but when you start to have that student want showing even through stuff like ensembles then they take it more seriously of oh yeah we should have these kinds of classes and these kinds of classes can turn into 
a major and that's also what they told us about the business stuff and so yeah I was just like R&B is my favorite favorite type of music like I was saying before and might as well just do what I do best and like show it out and stuff and people really liked it a lot which is awesome both being a part of it and watching it and wanting more so that was really inspiring to me of like okay more people do want this kind of stuff and like we should continue forward with these kinds of changes for our school definitely and for those of you who don't know the what the performance that we had last year with this r&b combo was a really huge success we had lighting and smoke machines and dancers <laughs> and Aaliyah was definitely the mastermind behind all of that it's very a really huge r&b production which is what's happening in that combo so after speaking about that project you really do kind of like the most on and off campus and it's very impressive <laughs> it is i know from my experiences as a woman in music there's a definitive element of constantly proving yourself in order to get recognition. Uh, there's kind of, as we were talking about, kind of a shark culture in music. In music school, that becomes even harder to navigate as a woman. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, I can imagine your identity as a black woman in a predominantly white institution like Lamont and DU in general must be challenging at times. So can you speak on your identities and this intersectionality in your musical experience? Yeah, so... To be perfectly honest, I think it's definitely a blessing in some senses. And then obviously it's difficult in some areas. I would say the blessing is that because I'm different, again, with marketing and things like that, it makes me to be able to be a lot more of a standout, a lot more of, oh, I remember who that is. Even if it's because, you know, she's black, like it's a black woman in the music school like that. There's not many of us there, <laughs> but, you know, that that can be a good thing because then obviously like people can remember you easier. But then in terms of like difficulties, just seeing more of the gender side, just seeing more male dominated like everything and not very many women even in the jazz section of the school I'm pretty sure like there's like only a handful yeah and in that handful most of us are vocalists <laughs> so mm -hmm. it's just kind of like and just talking with my professor Donna about that and even the discrimination that she faces with her colleagues is really disheartening, you know, because you're like, it's music, it should be equality and all these different things. And I definitely went on some kind of rant a while ago about just being in a space with so many non-colored people doing jazz just kind of freaked me out because that's not what you think of. <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, that was like a learning curve I had to go through too. But then again, it's also like, music sees no color you know so as I've been going through that process I've just been able to really relax and just kind of get to know people for who they are because everyone likes different things for different reasons and jazz isn't just a, a like black people's music how rap isn't just black people's music or anything like that but 
I would say like the toughest part out of like all of this would just be that I don't have other people to lean on because I am the only African-American female in the whole jazz commercial music program and they're and then on top of that there was only like literally on you can count on like one hand how many black people um which it's nice to have a black professor and I should really talk to him more um but it's just like there's just not many of of me who I can bounce off of and hang out with and things like that so I guess that's the toughest part of it but nothing more serious than that yeah again I think that was really wonderfully articulated and an important thing to talk about yeah and then lastly what do you want to do with your future I mean where do you see yourself if like you had your total dream job and everything fell into place I would say having really great work-life balance is super important to me and having a family raising the family and all of that good stuff like First and foremost, I definitely want to just be very spiritually aligned and a really great wife and a really great mother and all those things. Like those are my most important things in my personal life. And then after that, like career-wise dreams and things, I would say owning a successful record label studio business that can definitely make enough income to support like me and my family if you know it it worked out that way or whatever but I can't really I don't know that's the thing that I've been trying to figure out lately is with my voice because obviously I'm a singer and performer and things like that and people are like oh do you want to be a star or whatever and it's like not not really like I don't know if you if you've like seen like celebrities recently just going all out of whack and just like I just think that's all for the wrong reasons like if it ends up that way that's that's cool like that's chill but that's not like a goal like the goal is just to be able to be financially stable doing things that I love to do so I do love being entrepreneurial like obviously um just starting a bunch of things and trying to make change and then I do love performing so even if I like end up singing at church being like a worship leader things like that that can totally help feed that passion in a really great way yeah I mean sometimes I do dream like just a little bit I'm like you know what maybe I could make my own music like a few albums and like tour and things. I'm just trying to figure out where that is on my like importance ladder because it's not like the top. (laughs) And then I guess just um, as kind of one of the last questions here, what are your plans as of now with your recording studio? What's the progress on that? Yeah, so we've been building it ourselves in me and my dad in our basement. And the whole plan was to make sure we have a really great live room space for live recording drums all kinds of instruments i'm pretty sure we could even fit like a small orchestra in there (laughs) in part of it which is awesome and then the control room set it up 
as obviously the control room one, but also as a creative room. So I don't know if you or many people have been to Wesley Studios slash Halls. It's a offshoot of Lamont, and it basically has a bunch of synthesizers and cool stuff like that where you can really make your own music in real time in a professional space. So it's basically a mix of that and our Lamont Studio A with really nice hardwood floors everywhere and the new modern technology and good microphones like all all of that stuff that I'm like this is really important from this type and this is really important from this type because I feel like we don't really have that space at Lamont where you can go in there with a rapper and like make a beat right there in studio a but then also record them in that really nice studio a space like that's not really a thing so obviously since i'm open and love all genres like that's why that was really important to me it's like cool you can have a rapper come in and we're gonna also build a vocal booth pretty soon here in the control room which will be nice but right now like the whole space is almost done we're just putting in the rest of the drywall we have a really nice big studio window with lights in it all that stuff we have all of our gear we reconstructed the space so that the control room would be soundproof so it wouldn't have any feedback issues or anything like that from the live room to control room all that good stuff and all the electrical is done so it's literally just like the rest of the drywall and texturizing it painting it and filling the space with our gear pretty much and I think we're gonna buy like one more piece of gear and that would be the headphone monitor set so everyone can make their own mix and things like that I think that's like the last piece of gear but otherwise than that we seem like pretty set up we have like a really nice e-drum kit um that we saved up for and everything but yeah so the space is almost done it'll probably be done officially in like two weeks and i'm going through registering the business officially and setting all that up which what's going to be cool about this space is that we're um charging engineers and producers a really low flat rate so they can bring in their clients because even other studios they might still have an expensive rate for producers and engineers you know what i'm saying so that's why we're going with a low flat rate for them and then they can charge their clients whatever rates that they charge it's just a really solid space in all different types of ways and then i'm doing it with ricky um jumper and sam Shapiro and cj so they're my initial engineers basically they're also helping me with different aspects of the business like marketing and finances which will be really nice to take that weight off my shoulders so that's not burnout. I would say it'll definitely be officially open for business the first week of October and no later than that so that's that's what we're going for. Perfect. Yeah. All right and with that we're going to conclude our student spotlight for today. So thank you to everybody for listening. Thank this you. This has been another Student Spotlight with Aaliyah Shambay. Thank you so much for joining us for our Student Spotlight with Aaliyah Shambay, a recording arts and jazz and commercial voice major at Lamont. Just a reminder, if you are a student, please come check out Convocation this Friday the 18th at 
If you have any questions, suggestions, or would like to be featured on a future podcast, please contact us at lamontroseroom at gmail.com. Thanks. Thank you.